You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hi, welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the intersection of business and creativity in the outdoor industry. Um, This is Lisa, and my creative agency, Wheelie, hosts this podcast because it's so fun to collaborate and learn about what other people are doing um, creatively or athletically, and I'm extra excited about today's episode because the interview in this episode is with one of the women I respect the most out of all women on the planet, which is a big thing to say, but I've followed this person for years and I appreciate how she shows up. She takes herself seriously, but not too seriously. She's calculated, but still knows how to assess risk. And she really knows how to let it rip. So please enjoy this episode with the amazing pro skier, Elise Sogstad. In this episode, Elise speaks about her career as a professional skier, what that has looked like, how much of it um, fell upon her to create and get video parts. And her story is one of leadership, initiative, reality, and making her own dreams come true. So I think it's pretty badass, just like Elise. So grab your headphones and buckle your boots because this one's good. Elise, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. I'm really excited that you're here. Thanks for having me. The first question we ask every single person is to describe where they are and what they're looking at. Uh, I am in Tahoe City. Um, I don't really have much of a filtered view of the lake, but almost. It's a uh, sunny going kind of cloudy day, Um, but... Yeah, just hoping that we actually get some snow out of this next storm that's coming through. Nice. I mean, I'm based out of Whitefish, Montana, and it is actually sunny outside. It's amazing. Montana is a beautiful place when it's sunny. Mm-hmm. Sure is. I'm excited to talk to you about the short film that recently came out about you called On My Own Terms. And I guess for our audience, um, if you want to give a brief synopsis of what the film is and how how it came to be, um, I think that would be awesome. Yes. So On My Own Terms is produced by Teton Gravity Research. Uh, The short film came about because of COVID, really. Last year, I had a trip slated to go to Alaska with them. Uh, That would have taken place in April, and because of COVID, we didn't end up getting to go. And because the way production companies work, um, you get in movies because your sponsor contributes funding for you. And since they didn't have anything to show for it, uh, working with TGR, they talked to my sponsor, Scott, who was the partnership, and... Um, came up with the idea of like, hey, well, let's just do um, a short film on Elise. Let's figure something out. And Scott loved the idea. And 
so we came up with on my own terms. And one of the people at TGR, Katie, she came to me uh, with a few ideas and um, I threw back at her, let's, let's try and revolve around this project I did called the CoLab Project. It was actually, this is long before I ever filmed with TGR, but the CoLab Project was a TGR, well, it was a, it was a, com- it was a contest and in the, in the ultimate um, prize was uh, $100,000. And then the top 10 or 12 um, entries into this contest got into their own special TGR film. So that is what we came up with because putting that together was kind of uh, on my behalf of coming, doing this collab project was a bit of a, an adventure, in a, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. What was what was that like for you as the athlete also to um, be the, I guess, head creative on it? Yeah. So, you know, in this day and age, and um, it, it seems pretty straightforward that the athletes can be their own brain behind whatever content they're creating and putting it out there with social media. But back in uh, 2012, when the collab project was introduced to the ski world uh, the, or the collab contest. Um, that's when it seemed like it was just kind of gaining footing of athletes creating their own content to put out edits and whatnot um, on the internet. So with that, um, they came up with this contest of any athlete can submit an edit. Uh, I don't remember if there's many parameters to it other than yeah, just put together your best skiing, uh, make sure you have license for the music and let's give it a go. And, um, and then what would happen was at the very beginning, when you submitted the edit, they put all the edits together on their website and the audience, the, um, the people that just logged in got to vote for their favorite edits. And when this contest happened, I didn't really consider it at the get-go. And the reason is because I'd be going against a bunch of guys. And I, I knew that. Like, I knew who was going to be entering this contest. And I even knew some guys with some small production companies behind them were going to be entering this contest because it's $100,000 grand prize, which is, you know, that's quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. But as my ski season went on and, and I had this goal, and this is what – on my own terms really goes into, but, um, was that I really wanted to, I had this goal of winning best female segment and just giving myself the ability to put together a segment that I could be nominated for the powder awards. Because back then, um, at the powder video awards, the way you got to be nominated for a best performance was you had to be a part of a production. You had to be part of a movie, basically a movie that came out on DVD. And that was pretty hard to do. You could make an edit and put it out on the internet, but that wasn't a part of an actual produced DVD movie. Um, And so because of that parameter, it was really hard to just put something together on your own. So, you know, I, then I, I thought about this, this contest and, um, as I'd mentioned before, um, besides winning the $100,000, they would make a movie of the top 10 or 12 edits and put in a movie. And I thought, well, 
that that's my goal right there. If I can somehow get into the top um, 10, then I will have a segment in a production movie, which could be nominated for a powder award. Um, and so I went ahead and entered the contest and it was about 50 or 60 people or so. And there was only one other female that entered. And as the contest went on and the audience voted for their favorite skiers, um, it was getting whittled down. And I made, I made the top 10. I, I made the actually like the top five. I was voted as top five favorite of people um, that were watching these edits, which was really, 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 really cool. Um, and so I, I did it. I was able to make my own mishmash short edit film um, to compete against, uh, to compete against a bunch of guys. That's so awesome. I love that you just took care of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said, it was, at first it's just, when you think of this, you, you, you just think of like, well, how can I go up against a bunch of guys? Like just in the world of sports and in the, um, in general women, we don't, we don't have quite the same physical abilities as men. And in a contest like this, you know that people are throwing down their gnarliest skiing possible, you know, like mm -hmm. doing the, 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 the hardest tricks and, and skiing the, the, their hardest lines. And, um, and, you know, considering that my now husband, but uh, back then I, Oh, actually, no, we, Cody and I, we were, we were freshly married at that point um, when the when the collab came out. But, you know, I'd been skiing with Cody for quite a while and there's physical differences between us. You know, he he definitely can jump bigger cliffs than me. So the fact that I could be going up against people like him, you know, you, you would hope that this resonates with an audience and especially with an audience that's probably pretty male centric. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I, I it kind of dawned on me, like, what do I have to lose? And I... I was skiing really well and it was fun um, getting out there and, and trying to just ski my butt off. Um, I was going out in the field with, with other, with other guys. Um, that's generally how it's always kind of been. Um, there's not been a lot of women to get the chance to work with. And the few that there are, are pretty spread out. Um, but in the quest for putting together this production, I, didn't have much of a budget by any means. And I was going out in the field basically with buddies, um, guys that would have, we'd have a camera between us and, and we'd take turns filming each other. Um, there was even some days that Cody came out in the field with us because Cody, I believe, was filming with Matchstick that year. And so when he'd have a few days off from that or some free time, he would come out with us. And he had a camera. We had just got a camera as well. And so some of the shots are his. Well, the edit is in black and white. And the reason for that is because you had a bunch of different hands filming uh, ski footage and coloring <laughs> and uh, just the frame rates and all those things could have been were a bit different. And I think the editor, um, I had this buddy, that we passed it along to team, well, team 13. He actually has a, a legitimate, amazing business based in Salt Lake, but he's a good friend of ours that Cody and I had worked with for years. So he um, happily took on putting this edit together for me. Um, 
and his idea was like, look, like this is all over the place. Let's just make it black and white and, um, and, and it'll come together a little, a little better. And, you know, the whole focus of this edit too was I really want to just be about the skiing. Cause a lot of times, especially when you watch these bigger production company movies like TGRs, um, there's a lot of beautiful cinematography behind it that can really make shots sing and make shots, ski shots that weren't that, uh, you know, the kind of an average ski shot if you saw it in person, but because the way it was filmed, it just really comes to life and is so amazing. And so with this, I thought, well, this just, the focus has to be the skiing. You know, if you have really, really good skiing, you can make this work. And, um, so the focus was the skiing. We put it in black and white and that's how the edit came to be. I love that. I, I love, uh, that it's the creative process. It's not the creative product, you know, and, and just hearing your process and turning it black and white and, um, adapting and changing and kind of going with what weather was available. And, you know, it's just such a, especially in winter is such a process. And it sounds like you're really open to, um, what's actually in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you have to work with, right? Like how can we polish what you have to work with? What are the assets here? And that, that was, um, the goal, um, you know, it would have been great to have had some of those shots be shot um, on some really nice cameras and by uh, cinematographers that really know what they're doing. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, that wasn't an option. So how could we get around that and still put together something that would be fun for people to watch? I love that. Thanks. At Wheelie, the creative agency um, that I own, we always talk about how creativity exists because there's a problem of some kind and then curiosity. So creativity is born from curiosity plus conflict of some kind. Right. Um, you know, and it sounds like you, yeah, you got curious. What can I do with what I've got and turn it into something beautiful? And it worked. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it really did. It, it was, it came full circle. I ended up being getting nominated for Powder's uh, best female segment, and and I won, and it it was so incredibly fulfilling. I, yeah, it, it was so incredibly fulfilling getting to be a whole part of that process. And um, it's neat when, as a lot of times as a skier, professional skier, and you you're a part of these productions, you you're not really involved in any creative whatsoever, um, and. So the fact that I went through that whole process um, on my own, and of course, I, I mean, I relied on a lot of help. There's no way I would have could have done it without all the help that I received um, from all my friends. But um, the fact of the matter is I got to be more involved and learn and take away from that, um, which, which, is, which is really great. You know, it's always fun when you have a job that you're passionate about, that you're able to go beyond uh, your, your original job description and, uh, and see what it's like doing different parts of, of what it takes to, well, to make a movie for instance. So. Mm-hmm. In, in your opinion as a skier and also from, from the creative side as well, um, what makes a great segment? 
Well, there's a lot of different components that can make a great segment. Um, sometimes, you know, it can, the action can really, really stand out. But there's times, too, where if a production doesn't edit the action in a way that helps the, uh, the shots stand out, it'll fall flat. Um, I would love to give an example of a, of a negative example, except that just is not very nice. So I won't do that, but I'll give a, an example though, on the flip side of a positive example where, so a couple years ago, um, I filmed with Nashtick Productions for a movie all in, and the focus was on a couple of us female skiers and Angel Collinson was one of the other, um, athletes besides myself. And Angel is really well known for her hard charging skiing in Alaska. Um, she's, she's an amazingly beautiful, just get after it skier. Well, the segment they did with her for her personal segment was based in, um, at Snowbird, which is where she grew up. And they, they, the, the skiing that she did was just skiing around the resort and it wasn't even necessarily powder skiing. Um, and they put a poem to it that Angel wrote, her talking about her relationship, her fond relationship with skiing. And the segment was just absolutely beautiful. Now, it didn't stand out because she had some crazy action that Angel's known for, but it stood out because there was a different element to it than what we normally see, you know, with, with her um, explaining her special connection to skiing and her uh, just, you could see the love for skiing without her having to get so-called rad. Um, so there's different ways that it can be achieved. It's just, uh, you know, it comes back to that word that is definitely overused in our industry right now, but yet it really really means a lot is authenticity. Um, how, how authentic sometimes can this, uh, creative production that we're seeing in front of us be, is it really authentic? Um, and if that shines through that can make all the difference and it doesn't have to be based on, um, abilities sometimes, you know, like of, of just what people are doing for actual skiing. I love that. And I'm super curious to ask you this because I first heard about you. Um, I was living in Crested Butte and in 2008, you won the free ride world tour. Um, and I just remember being like, holy shit, look at her ski. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, like you've evolved and um, gotten married and you're just this really awesome, like woman, right? You've This has been years going on. So how has your authentic expression of yourself as a woman and as a skier changed and evolved over the years and how like when has that felt to you like yes this production company nailed it or I nailed it um like how, how has that looked for you I think for me um and this is a hard question in a, in a way for myself because um I think that a lot of times when these days, especially when I work with production companies, a lot of it is just focused um, on my skiing and in and not so much necessarily always getting in front of the camera and being chummy in front of the camera. Uh, because maybe when we're out in the field, uh, I can be a little more serious and not like not not crazy serious where you're like, whoa, you really need to take it down a notch. This is really intense. It's just I kind of focus on hand and I, I don't like get playful in front of the camera, like 
like my husband, for instance, who gets <laughs> like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just like, I'm sitting in the, on the other side, just rolling my eyes, like, oh my God, honey. <laughs> but, but people love it. And that's part of his, his persona that comes out in front of the camera. Uh-huh. Um, and for me, I think I really focus on, I've always had this mentality of, of just really trying to showcase that women are just as good as skiers as men and that we should be taken seriously. And, and I think that some part of that fight of trying to gain equality and recognition by our industry is just showing up and getting the job done and not relying on, it's so easy for women to fall back on, you know, what they look like and presenting this kind of character that just, you know, like, I'm a pretty face and I, that's why I'm here. And cause that it's just something that's prevalent in human nature and in women's sports all across the world. Um, so I think I really try and make a point of trying to go beyond that and just let the scheme speak for itself and thereby gaining when, once it's, you know, kind of established that like, okay, your, your skiing is legitimate, then you can come to the table and talk about, well, you know, I think I should have, I should be paid the same as the other male athletes that are on this team. Um, you know, th- there's no reason that I sh- shouldn't be paid the same. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, how, how is that, how you've shown up changed throughout your career as you've made yourself really like a, a prominent figure in the ski industry. Like has that level of authenticity been able to shift a little bit as you've grown and shifted too? Um, yeah. I mean, I think like maybe, uh, just a little more relaxed, but I think that the times have shifted. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in the, in the yeah. way that like, it's just, it's, it, I can have these conversations because people are more receptible, um, receptible to them. Um, back when I was on my first major sponsor, and this is around the time with, um, winning the Fred World tour and winning best female performance. And I just was not, uh, the, the sponsor that I had, um, was not receptive to women in, in skiing the same way it was to men. And I, I mean, cause I, I um, had conversations with them that were just pretty flabbergasting. Um, like, for instance, I was told by a team manager that um, they like they were taking me off the international team, and uh, part of it had to just do with some funding. And the first things to always be cut with marketing funding was women's stuff, um, the women athletes. And when I was discussing this, like, well, I just I mean, God, I just won the tour. Um, and I, what do you mean I became an international team? Like I even just filmed with the French film company. And so I am like very international and uh, just trying to give that, that real like obvious argument besides the fact that it just seemed like for a female skier, my trajectory was on the way up and, and I should be recognized as an international athlete versus just a, an athlete by a country. And it, things have changed nowadays too, how, how um, teams will recognize their athletes, but I was told by the, the national team manager that um, no one cares about women in Europe, Elise. I'm sorry, but no one cares. Oh, and it's, 
I mean, that stung so bad. Like, how, I didn't, how do you reply to that? You know? Um, and how did you reply to that? I think I really didn't say much to that one. Like, I, I honestly, what do you say? It was kind of like, okay, well, you made your point. I, I don't know how I can argue with that because you feel pretty set that women are um, not even second rate to, to men right now um, as a marketing piece for your company, even though women are a definite part of the, the, the snow market. So anyways, but you know, like the, this day and age, um, if I had that same conversation with that team manager, I, I don't think it would go like that at all. No. I, I don't think he, he would say that. Um, and that's just where we are in the times, you know, things luckily have changed. It's just, I think back then it was a little bit, it was more difficult because I felt, I was pretty, felt pretty passionate about, you know, women should be getting the same opportunities as, as men. And I could see our value. Um, you know, like at the end of the day, I realized skiing's an industry, it's a business and you need to make money. And if you are treating part of your, uh, clientele, like they don't really matter, well then, yeah, they're not going to buy your product. So, um, because it comes down to authenticity, you know, like how, how can uh, customers can be pretty privy to the fact if a company is treating them like an afterthought or not. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just back then a lot of the companies all treated women that way. So I think women didn't really necessarily have options. And that whole idea of the pink it and shrink it really came out of, I think that was kind of the awakening around that time of, well, this is the way you treat women and just pink it and shrink it. So we've evolved quite a bit. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That It is good to see progress like that and have more options and quality options, equipment that doesn't fall apart. Yeah. And actually can, um, one, look cool and two, perform very well. Um, you know, and they, it's like there's a lot of companies that can, will spend time figuring out how to make something really durable for women, but yet maybe be slightly different that works better for women. So, um, you know, we still have a little ways to go. I know um, being an insider that there are some companies that still are making half-assed decisions when it comes to women's products, but there's some companies that have found um, a lot of success with women's products and realize that it's a really valuable market. And in turn, they put a lot of effort into it. So that's cool. How do you, how do you navigate that with sponsorships and your insider access? Um, when a brand is kind of blowing it, like, do you say anything or do you just kind of move on to what is a good fit? Well, right now, um, I mean, as a, as an athlete, it's, it's not like you're trying to make, constant moves within different companies. Um, I feel like, you know, about, I don't know, it's probably like the last five or six years of my life. I've been with pretty much the same companies now that became really good fits. Um, it took a little bit to get there, but I, I feel pretty happy and, um, that the companies they work with, it's a really like positively, a mutually positive relationship. Um, so I can, I can see other companies doing things that aren't super awesome. Um, but for the most part, 
who I'm working with, I feel pretty good about. So I, it's not like something I have to deal face on quite as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It, in that part of it, you know, comes with like, well, it was, it was partially just the trajectory that I was on. Um, and because I was a female that kind of would, would speak up and, and it's one of those things where I wasn't speaking up publicly, you know, it's not like things you would hear me say, um, in a, in a magazine article or something, it was more like just behind the scenes and that kind of would burn some, some bridges a little bit because I would come to the table with like, Hey, let's talk about, you know, making women more important. And, and women that were successful with those particular brands are ones that didn't really speak up. And and it's not that it that they had to, it's just that sometimes there's people were all different. Some people just don't have that nature of um, they're, they're okay with just going along and they don't want to uh, rock the boat, so to speak. Um, but um, that's one thing when you get to know me is I don't have a very good poker face. That's what Cody says. He's I have a I have a terrible poker face. So, so if uh, if it's something that I'm not behind, it it's hard for me to fake like I'm behind um, some decisions. So, um, but you know you got to move through things deftly. You can't just you can't be brash. It, it's it's trying to be smart about picking your battles and how you go about it. Love that calculated classic. You got to be as a woman. Mm-hmm. You got to be. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Um, I feel like, you know, as these go, I feel like I've just been listening to myself talk quite a bit. Um, <laughs> you know, but that is the point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's, I, I just, I got to say that, like, on your own terms, wrapping it back to that, um, at the end, you know, it, it brings up the point that I'm, I'm really excited about women and, and skiing right now. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that that was put in the edit because I, I really am. I, I'm, I, th- I think the most exciting thing in skiing is women. When you watch the Fred world tour right now, it's what the women are doing, you know, because there's, there's a lot of progression going on and the competition is just getting thicker and thicker and it's so fun to watch. Um, I think in, in the whole free ride scene, like you, all these movies now are not just having the one token female anymore. So as a female, you don't stand out just because you're a woman, you have to stand out because you're bringing something beyond that to the table. Um, you know, whether that be with your skiing personality with that, et cetera. Um, you know, like, like last year's, uh, matchsticks movie with, they had all kinds of women in it. And I'm, I'm really proud because I, I think the all in movie with Angel Michelle Tatum and myself was, um, the catalyst to, to help showcase that you, a lot of women in a movie can carry a, carry a movie, but matchsticks latest movie um, my most favorite part in the movie, and I don't think this is just because I'm female, was the blondes. Um, you know, like there's a lot of a lot of guys that would say the same thing. They really stood out um, in the movie, which is really, really exciting. So the fact that I, I guess I've been able to be a part of this and, and help foster it um, is really exciting uh, and gratifying. Have you... 
had the opportunity to film with very many women behind the lens? Or is it is that still very male dominated? That's pretty male dominated. Yeah. Um, TGR has a female or two that well, there's only one actual filmer that I've worked with. I think that's a that's a female, and that's Jill at TGR. Um, but two years ago, the um, Winterland movie, mm-hmm. the entire the movie, the entire editing crew was female. Um, so that's behind the scenes. Unfortunately, it's not literally behind the, the, the lens, but behind the scenes, um, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, being, being a camera woman is not, is not easy. I, I, I'm very aware of that because the amount of the, the, how heavy your gear is and being out in the conditions that we're out in, it's a daunting task. And I can see why, not that many women are super into, or they there haven't been in the past, like women just in our sport in general, it's been so male dominated. And then it's only a small slice that get really excited about getting behind the lens too. So I'm sure we'll see that change. Um, but man, the, the, those bags that those guys mm-hmm. carry around, you know, we joke that it, I'm sure your audience is very familiar with the, the saying of like, it's like carrying a midget on your back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not easy. I, it's very, very commendable. So hopefully we'll see that change, but, um, it's a little slower than women in front of the lens, but on the same token, you know, I think it's just the more visibility that women are seen to be quote unquote, a part of the whole process. I think that will inspire more women to also just, um, want to be a part of the process behind the lens as well. If that makes sense. It certainly does. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think it's so important to get women behind the lens and hard to find. Definitely hard to find. And, um, camera gear is heavy and yeah, especially mountain biking, having to be able to mountain bike through technical terrain with all that gear on your back. And it's, it's intense. Yeah. So, and you can imagine same thing with, it's the exact same thing with skiing. You know, the terrain that you're in is not mellow terrain. Like if you were just going up on the resort and, um, lugging around some camera gear, that's not so bad. But when you get out in the backcountry and you're getting deep and you're having to lug all this stuff around, it's, it's really difficult. And, and I'm not saying that women can't do that because that's, you know, anything, but it's just that it is one small barrier to, um, for women, like when I just using myself as an example, I'm not a very large woman. I'm five, five. Yeah, I'm strong, but I'm not carrying that kind of weight on my back versus my six two hundred ninety 190 pound husband is quite different. Um, mm-hmm. so it, there's just some physical matters that come into that, that can create larger barriers for women. But, um, but man, there are women that do it and I commend you. And I think there's going to be more. So Cool. Awesome. Well, where, where can people follow you online? Uh, Elise Sogstead at Elise Sogstead. That's pretty much across all platforms on, um, Instagram and Facebook. And I have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it. I try to gotten in this phase or just trying to limit Mm -hmm. social media interactions or not interactions, but just social media time. Um, Mm -hmm. because 
you know, as great as it is and as inspiring as it can be for all of us and a reminder to get out there and play and have fun. Um, you know, there's also the negatives of it too. So I try to, to limit that. Yeah, seriously. It takes, it takes effort these days, I think to, um, balance it all, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insight. And, um, I really loved this conversation. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's great to be on your show. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Elise. You are freaking rock star. Um, Thank you for your time. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. You can follow Elise online. Um, Her handle is E-L-Y-S-E-S-A-U-G-S-T-A-D, Elise Sogstad. Also to our listeners, thank you so much for being here. This podcast is very time consuming to create, edit, book, record. Um, takes a lot of effort. So if you want to support the podcast, it would be amazing if you'd leave a five-star review and a comment. That really helps it get into the ears of more listeners. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye.